this episode of the Connecting Faith to Life podcast. I'm Trey Rhodes, the Connections Pastor at Northwood Baptist Church here in North Charleston, South Carolina. In just a few moments, our lead pastor, Dr. Tommy Matter, will be joining the conversation as well. In our crazy and chaotic world, our hope is that these few minutes will help you stop and reflect on your relationship with Jesus as you learn to connect Christ-centered faith to your everyday life. If you are counting, and I hope you are, this is episode 178 of the Connecting Faith to Life podcast, and I was hoping by the end of the year we'd get to 200, but but obviously we're not going to make it. <laughs> we have to. Do I don't know how that work. would work. That would not work. In my little brain, you know, you my had math it all brain. figured out, and yeah, it wasn't figured yeah. out. So anyway, this is 178. Thank you for coming along and joining us. And as you listen to the podcast, we'd have to record uh, an episode every day from here on out. We could do. We could do it. I don't want to. <laughs> <laughs> so anyways, you listen, just take a few minutes, invite someone to listen, post on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, text them, call them, talk to them. Uh, our life connection groups tend to be a good place for people connecting. So as you uh, tell others that you're listening in your life connection group, they listen. So it's been a huge influence. And again, somebody's come to me this past week, said, man, I'm really enjoying these. These are really oh, making yeah, a difference good. in my life. So uh, that's awesome. It's, it's just awesome to see how we're influencing and, and how yeah. the word of God is influencing people's lives. Well, Pastor, you know, we always think of our local church, and we should. A local church is important. If we don't have our local church working properly, then we're in trouble. But um, we as Northwood have made a conscious decision to get involved in kingdom work. We have always, uh, since I've been here, cared about other churches. And that means if we're going to be involved in kingdom work, as you know, the, the idea that it's not just about what our church is doing, but it's also how we help churches that need help. We care, we're involved with them. We, you know, and sometimes there are churches that just need another church to come along beside them and help them. And uh, we hope and believe that we can help them live again. Well, we are working right now, and it's a blessing to work with Gethsemane Baptist. Yeah. Uh, and uh, their church is getting some attention that they need from us, and our goal and prayer is that they will also be able to live again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I wanted to take some time this morning and give our people an update on what's taking place at Gethsemane. Mm-hmm. If you're part of the Northwood family, then then you're going to hear things that should be familiar to you because you know what's right. going on and how we've tried to foster this relationship and help this church to live again. If you're not a part of the Northwood family and you're listening to this, you, you're kind of uh, going to be able to listen to, to what's going on in our church. Yeah, We're going to yeah. you know, let you see under the hood and, and how the engine's running and things like that. But uh, yeah, I wanted to talk about just what's been taking place at Gethsemane and how that's going, especially as we look toward the end of the year and mm-hmm. start thinking about next year and ministry we want to accomplish next year. So I thought it'd be a good time for an update. And there are things to talk about, some things we need to be updated on. So yeah, be fun. All right. Well, uh, I guess we've all, I've been involved with Gethsemane. I've been able to preach there. Yeah. Uh, several of us uh, pastors have gone up there and preached. We yeah. right now have our youth pastor uh, is going up there and preaching. He is. Did and, they like uh, you when you preached? What's that? Did they like you when you preached? They did. It, you know, <laughs> uh, it, it wasn't a big crowd. And uh, I think it was la- actually it was last Christmas or there Christmas, wasn't, Christmas this time. Yeah, it was a while ago. Uh, I think it was then. But anyway, um, it was one. It was some type of a holiday. Yeah. I can't remember exactly. But anyway, we are purposed as pastors and as church members to get involved. We're, we've been involved with uh, everything from uh, we did a, a, a fest, fall there. festival yeah, and lost we've there. done some work yeah, for them and yeah. some really cool things. So yeah, yeah. So let me talk about sure. why we even began to do this because I know there are probably people in our, our church who've heard me talk about mm-hmm. this, but maybe just still want some clarity as to the why we made the decision to partner with a church like Gethsemane. 
Trey, you're like me in some ways. I know that uh, you came to faith uh, a little bit later than I did in, in life and those kind of things, but you've been involved in the church for a long time, and you've mm-hmm. been involved in small churches, haven't you? Yes, yes. Many. Uh, let's see. I guess uh, at a, at a, in my life, probably two small churches, and the rest are either medium-sized or large. Yeah, yeah, but yeah, yeah. But yeah. yeah, I've been involved so, in small churches. The reality is is that most churches are small churches. Yeah, they are. Think about who we are at Northwood. We're kind of an anomaly. Mm-hmm. You know, I know that that we hear about the large churches, and you see the large churches. Of in course, our you do. You ride by and you see the big old campuses and all that. Um, but the vast majority of churches in our city, in our mm-hmm. state, and in our nation are small churches. And the vast majority of our people are in small churches. Well, you would say that. Well, no, no, no. It seems like people uh, tend to flock more to the larger churches, which makes sense because there's more that they're offered to families and all those kind of things. And so probably proportionately, even though there are more small churches, uh, the larger churches really do hold more of the people. Mm, okay. But that makes sense? Yeah, yeah, um, it does. So, so, uh, but still, the vast majority of churches across our nation are small churches. And think about, Trey, the number of churches you drive by every single day to come to lots. Northwood, to come lots to work. And you, lots. lots. And yeah. most of those churches are small churches. Not only small churches, I but... I mean, I live five miles away, and I think I drive by easily 20. Yeah, but small churches, and, and, yeah. and a lot of them are struggling. And, and those small churches have a part to play in the kingdom of God. Mm-hmm. And when I say small churches, I mean small churches. When we say the vast majority of churches in our nation are small churches, we're talking about under 100 people oh, yeah. attending on any given Sunday. So you think about a church like us, we, we, on any given Sunday we have somewhere between seven and 800 people. That's a big difference mm. between you know us and a, and a church that that's smaller. And then you think about you know we have those churches in our state and our nation that run you know two three thousand. So so just kind of in, in church growth terms, um, two thousand and above is considered what we call a mega church. Mm-hmm. I don't know if that's the right word for it, but that's kind of how we've labeled it over the right. years. So that's two thousand above in weekly attendance. And then then what we are considered at Northwood, we'd be a large church, mm-hmm. right? If you get above five hundred, you're considered a large church. Mm-hmm. Anything you know, kind of the, that two hundred to five hundred is is more of the medium sized church, and one hundred and under um, is is a small church. And so so you know, the average size of a church isn't two hundred, isn't three hundred, it's, it's about a hundred or less. And mm-hmm. so so that really does describe a lot of our churches that we have in our community. And so so we know we have lots of small churches, and some of those small churches are doing a really good job. Oh yeah. You know, we have, we have lots of pastors who are leading those smaller churches well. They're seeing growth, and they're doing good things. They're discipling. They're reaching out, and, 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 and they're, they're being fruitful. And so they're, they're, there's lots of things that are good about being a smaller church, right? Mm-hmm. So we, we can't compare and say that because a church is smaller, it's unhealthy, and because a church is larger, it's healthy. You can't make that no. comparison because there are lots of larger churches, oh, I could point them out, that might be able to draw a crowd and attract a crowd, but I would consider them very unhealthy, right? right? Maybe because they're not doing discipleship mm-hmm. or they're not really doing gospel-centered ministry. They, uh, it, you know, it, they might be able to draw a crowd because they have you know, a dynamic speaker or right. really cool children's ministry, but as far as gospel center ministry where they're making disciples who are making disciples. There, there are, are lots of large churches that are unhealthy. And on the flip side, there are lots of small churches that are really doing a good job of that. Mm-hmm. They might not have all the resources of a larger church, but they're, they're doing the best they can to invest in their people and make disciples and share the gospel and what the case may be. So you can't compare and say, well, that church is large, so they must be doing something right. And that church is small, so they must be doing everything wrong. It, it doesn't work that way, mm-hmm. right? That's right. I, you know, I once heard a, a pastor say, uh, talk a larger church pastor actually, and he was saying that uh, you know people say, well, it's better to be a big church and it's better to be a small church. It's better to be. He said, 
smaller is not better. Bigger is not better. Better is better. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, so what we got to do is we got to find out, better, okay, what does yeah. that mean? What's better is being faithful to the kingdom exactly. work, right? Yeah. And wherever, whatever context God has called you to being faithful in that kingdom work. And so so all that to say, there, there are lots of small churches that are doing a fine job, mm-hmm. and praise God for those, those smaller churches that Amen. are doing a fine job. But then there are some smaller churches that are, not doing a fine job that that are on the verge of having to close their doors mm-hmm. and just personally i have a heart for those kind of churches so so you think about our area in particular the the greater charleston area the greater charleston area we're, we're well over a million people and continue to grow there are people that that move into our region every single day from from different places in the united states from different parts of the world mm-hmm. come here because um, you know we get a lot of retirees that come down yeah. and want to come down south and be by the beaches i understand that right that's why we love it here um <laughs> yeah that's we right. have people who move here because we have so many big corporations you think about volvo or boeing i mean we have some very big corporations that are here in Charleston that draw a lot of, mm-hmm. of people in because of the job market, right? And so, and we have universities here that are thriving. So, so you think about Charleston, it really is just a great area because of the economic growth, because of our location. And so we have all these people that are moving into the area. So I want you to think about uh, Gethsemane Baptist Church. Gethsemane Baptist Church is in an area of our community that is rapidly growing, mm-hmm. right? Um, and, on, and on that road where Gethsemane is located, there really aren't that many churches. You, you think about when you drove to Northwood this morning, Pops, you you passed maybe 20 churches. Uh, yeah. If you drive down that road Gethsemane zone, there's there's not 20 churches. There there's might be three, five, four, three, four five? five. I don't know. I've never really counted, but there's not as many. Yeah. I know right around Gethsemane, there are a couple of churches that are that are not, um, you know, Southern Baptist churches like we are. They're some kind of different denomination. I really don't know much about them. Um, and then I know in my neighborhood, uh, where I live, actually, I live pretty close. I'm what, two, three miles maybe right. from Gethsemane. Yeah. So I'm pretty close to Gethsemane. Uh, there, there's a larger church in my neighborhood that probably runs 1500 or so. So it's, it's a large church. And then down the street, I know there's um, a Southern Baptist church down the street from Gethsemane uh, that I don't know how, how large they are. They're probably two to 300. They're, uh, they're a good, healthy church. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and they're going to continue to grow and do really good for the kingdom. I know they are. And so in that area, you've got a, a large church, um, that's not Southern Baptist Church. It's a large church, and, and and I don't know much about them. Honestly, they might be doing things really well. I just don't know. And then you have another church on the other side, uh, going down the street that is like us, a Southern mm-hmm. Baptist church, and I know it's a healthy church. I know they're pastor. They're doing a really good job. And then you have a few other churches, and that's it. Okay, so so the question that I get sometimes is, you know, why invest the resources in Gethsemane if there are other churches in that area we can send people to? Well, the reality is. There's not really other churches in that area we can see people too, mm. because you think about that that larger church. I don't know what they seat, but let's say they have a, a worship center that seats a thousand people or more. Okay, well, you can only do so many services in a in a that's true in a in a worship center, right? So even if they hold a thousand, you do five thousand five services that on a Sunday. Well, that's five thousand people can attend that. So let's say that church can max out at five thousand. Yeah. Right. The other church I'm aware of in that area that's healthy, they meet in a school. Mm-hmm. And so they might can get a couple hundred people. Yeah, so let's say they right. let's say they max out five services, which a school's not gonna let you do five services no, on a Sunday. You all. know that because you yeah. had a son who's been in a school. And we were in a, we right? were in you were in school too. Well, yeah. So you, that's not even gonna happen. But let's just say it did. Let's just say they would let them um, have five services. So you got a thousand that can attend this church and then you have 5,000 that can as- attend this church. Now let's say, okay, there's three other churches on that road. And mm-hmm. let's just assume they're, they're, they're healthy, healthy and growing we don't know, and but let's thriving. assume, but even in those churches, I've been by those churches. They're probably, their worship centers probably don't 
hold 200 people. No. So, but let's say we can max those t- t- churches out. So let's say that we can get, let's just be very optimistic. This is very optimistic. Those four or five churches that are on that particular road that Gethsemane is located, let's just say um, all those churches we max out and they're growing and doing well, there's probably a max on any given Sunday that may, maybe we could fit in those churches if, if, if seven to 10,000 people. That is very optimistic. All together. All together. Yeah. All together. 17,000 yeah, people. That's very optimistic. And that is optimistic. Well, that would be on Easter, on a great Easter Sunday. But but the issue is, if we were able to do that, mm. we're missing at least 70,000 people in that community. Oh, my heavens. Because that community we're projecting over the next few mm. years is going to be larger than 80,000 people living in that area, maybe up to 100,000 people in that area. So you have somewhere between 80,000 to 100,000 people that are going to live within a three to five mile radius of where Gethsemane is located. Where are they going to go? If, if, if every person, and this, I know this isn't going to happen, but let's just be optimistic. Sure. If every person within three to five miles of, of Gethsemane Baptist showed up at a church on a Sunday morning in that area, the churches could not fit all no, the people. No, they couldn't. They couldn't. Right? So there's a need in that area. Uh, for healthy gospel-centered churches, mm-hmm. right? And so, so when it comes to that, we have a couple options. We have three options, in fact. Uh, one option is being done uh, in that area. You have a church in that area that's being planted. Mm-hmm. Several years ago, I mean, I'd say it's being planted. It's probably more of an established church now because they've been there for a while, but, mm-hmm. but they started as a plant, mm-hmm. right? Maybe five to 10 years ago, there was a, a team that went over there with a lead pastor and they decided to make, make a mark in that area and plant a church. And they're doing really, really Thank well. Praise Lord, God. Yes. Right. So you have that option of planting a new church, right? Mm-hmm. Um, we, we've done that here at Northwood. Before I came to Northwood as pastor, we had Adam Spurlock, who was a part of our faith family, who this church sent out to plant Restoration Church in Hanahan, and they're right. doing really, really they well. Sure they're doing extremely well. And so so that's part of, 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 of God's plan uh, to reach a community is to send out people who will, you know, do pioneering work. Mm-hmm. You've done that, Pops. You were I a have. church planner uh, down in Mount Pleasant. Your son is a church planner uh, in Boston. Yes. So you know, you know something about church planning. It's tough. It's tough. But <laughs> it it's not, well, tough. any ministry is tough. But yes. there's something. There's some unique challenges to yes, church planning are. for sure. And but you've been a part of that, so you know there's a need for church planning. Mm. So you have that. Then you have what we call uh, church replanting. Mm-hmm. So replanting is is we see a church that has uh, a facility. Uh, but they're struggling mm-hmm. to the point where they cannot function on their own. There's no way they can function on their own. And what they need is they need a, another congregation to come in and start over completely yep. with them. Right. Right. And so think about a church replant. You would have, you know, um, Seventh Baptist Church, mm-hmm. right, on a particular road. They're going to die. They're down to five people, ten mm-hmm. people, and there are churches like this. Yes, there are. They're running five this to ten people. This is not an exaggeration. You know, they, there's one or two families left. They're trying to figure out what to do because they have this big facility that seats three hundred people and mm-hmm. uh, education buildings, and they've got three to five families or you know ten fifteen people coming. What do you do? We can't we can't afford to pay the lights anymore. Mm-hmm. And so so a healthier church, a church like a Northwood or whatever the case may be, would come in and and start that place over. We would send out, right? Maybe 25, 50 people mm-hmm. and say, okay, this is going to be your church. You're, you're going out as missionaries to this particular location. And we're going to start over. We're going to give this place a new name. Mm-hmm. We're going to update the facility and it's going to be like, it's a brand new church. So it's, it's, it's a replant. It's taking in those, those people that are in that church, right? They're going to uh, become a part of that new work. 
Which that has happened in the Charleston Association. It absolutely yeah. has. You think about uh, Citadel Square yeah. uh, downtown. Yeah. Uh, that happened there. It was a, like, kind of a replant. And Remount Baptist Church. Yeah, Remount Baptist Church. Yeah, Remount Baptist Church. Um, uh, Center Point? Cross Center Point. Point? Center I can't Center remember Point. the name yeah. of it off the top of my head. But the, and to much success. Those yes. churches are thriving. Yes. But they were replants where they changed the name and, and changed the leadership structure and all that kind of stuff. And now those churches are really, really doing well. And so, so the third option that you have is what we call revitalization. Mm-hmm. Now, revitalization can happen in two ways. So revitalization is, okay, we're, we're going to maintain our identity. We're mm-hmm. not going to get a new name. We're not going to have another church come in and assume responsibility for us. Uh, we're going to, with, with, with what we have, we're going to do better. Mm-hmm. With what we have, we're going to refocus our attention on our community. We're going to refocus our attention on, on um, making sure the gospel is known in, in our uh, radius that right. God's placed us. We're going we're gonna, to we're gonna, we're gonna make this happen, right? And so a church revitalization can happen from within. Mm. Um, sometimes this happens when a church maybe brings on a new pastor and mm-hmm. that new pastor has a fresh vision and is able to, to help mo- motivate and mobilize those people towards greater kingdom ministry. Yeah. And so that happens oftentimes. And that, that would be a revitalization from within. They're not getting any outside help, right? They're just, they're just kind of pulling themselves up by the bootstraps and right. getting to work for the sake right. of the gospel, right? Uh, I say pull up by the Spirit of God is at work in the whole of process, course. obviously, but you know what I'm saying. But it's a lot of hard work, It's a lot of hard work. Yeah. And and so so you have that kind of revitalization, and then you have a revitalization like what we're doing at Gethsemane. So what we're doing at Gethsemane, it is not a church plant, right? We're not going over there and playing a church. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's an existing church there. It's not a replant, right, that, that we're not going over to Gethsemane and we're saying, hey, we're sending 50 people over here and we're going to start this thing all over. We're going to change your name. We're going to, you know, change your facility structures all up. We're going to do all this and you're just going to be a brand new church uh, and you, your, your existing people are going to, you know, kind of come into this new replant. We're not doing that. We're doing mm-hmm. a revitalization. Right. So Gethsemane was at a point where they wanted to do a revitalization but did not have uh, the ability to do it on their own. Right, right. They needed outside help. Right. And so, so you remember, Trey, what we were doing here at Northwood at the time, uh, you know, you've been a part of some smaller churches. My whole life um, has been a part, I've been a part of smaller churches. Mm -hmm. So when I was at uh, my previous church pastoring, we ran about 225, 250. So that was a medium sized church. Yeah. Yeah. And that was the largest church I've ever been a part of. Mm -hmm. Uh, Most of my life has been part of churches of 100, 150, and that's been it. And so Northwood is the, biggest church I've ever been part of, you know, seven, 800 people to me, that's like a mega church, right? right. Because I've never been a part of a church this size. Um, and so, so I have a heart for smaller churches because that's what I am. That's where I came from, right? That's, that's, uh, that's my background. And, and, and for me, I know at Northwood, man, God has blessed us. Wow, yes. We just have tremendous people. We have tremendous resources. We have, we have uh, all these, these abilities and skills and gifts that God has given us within our church. Yeah. And it breaks my heart to think that there are churches in our community that once were thriving. Oh, yeah. And Gethsemane was one of those churches. Gethsemane mm-hmm. was a church that years ago, Gethsemane started 50 years ago, just like Northwood. Started the same year that Northwood started. And, and 50 years ago, it's been 52, 53 years ago now, I guess. Um, but this, the same year we started, they started. Mm-hmm. And and they uh, they got to a point where they were doing okay. When I say doing okay, they were a, a healthier um small to medium sized church. I think they were running at one point 150 to 200 somewhere in there. So they they were doing okay. 
right? But as happens in lots of churches over time, you know, uh, their ministry effectiveness kind of waned. Mm-hmm. I don't know all the backstory. I don't know what happened. I mean, we don't need to know what happened. Yeah, Just over the course don't. of time, uh, the ministry effectiveness began to wane, where now we were at the point that when we started the relationship with Gethsemane, they were running uh, maybe 20 people on a Sunday morning. And so they have a fairly big facility, and and their people, um, for the most part, are, are older um, uh, you know, they, they don't have much youthfulness in their congregation. And so, you know, you have this older congregation that's trying to carry the weight of this ministry in their area. And it, it just wasn't sustainable for them to do that long term. And so we had been praying here for an opportunity because we knew that God had given us lots of resources yes. and a people and the ability to really step in and to help. We had planted churches before we had planted restoration church and that's still on the table. Mm-hmm. That, that's something we want to be involved in, and we are involved in. Sure. You think about how we financially support your son's church yeah. in Boston as a church. So huge, we're, we're, in, we're involved in that church plant, but only financially support. We send teams to Boston to help with that. There might come a day that in our Charleston area, man, and I hope there comes a day in the near future, where we're able to raise up a church planter within our church to send out somewhere, yeah, maybe be. in our local community where there's need or yeah. maybe even beyond. So we want to be involved in that church planting because we believe that's, that's healthy and that's good. Um, but at the same time, because of... My background and my heart for smaller churches, I wanted to be involved in a smaller church like Gethsemane to help them live again. Mm-hmm. And so we were praying for that opportunity. And I had actually, before we um, started you know, working with Gethsemane, I had several conversations with different churches in our area uh, that were in need. And uh, just th- those particular situations just didn't work out where it was a good situation for us to step in and provide some help. Uh, but there was a gentleman who was at the time working with our state convention who was kind of serving as an interim pastor or a transitional pastor at Gethsemane who, um, who reached out to me because he knew that, that I had a heart for helping struggling churches. And he said, hey, here's what's going on at Gethsemane. Do you think Northwood would step in and, and, and help? I said, absolutely. Uh, Gethsemane, um, just kind of in their history, uh, they had several other churches that had offered some help, but just it, it wasn't a good fit for them. I, d- but, I, I do want to say that we also as a staff had been praying. We had, we had been preparing. For a couple we of years. We had read books. We, I mean, years. we had discussed Absolutely. this. So yeah. Yeah. this is not just something that, you know, just popped up. No, we said, no, what is going not. on here? I mean, we, for a couple we years, had been we preparing had, ourselves exactly for this. right. We wanted to do this. And so when this opportunity opened up, we felt like it was a good fit. And we saw the potential mm-hmm. in that area and saw the potential for Gethsemane. It's like, yeah, we, we got to get in there and help. Yeah. And so for the last, I don't know, nine months now, I guess, we have been trying to strategically help them. And so to, to not bore you with all the details, some of the things that we've done, uh, some of you know if you're part of the faith family because you've been over there. When we first started with Gethsemane, we did a lot of work on their actual facility. Mm-hmm. Um, we helped them with some painting and some updating of the worship center and just making it more attractive for that first-time guest. Now, there's still work to be done in that area, but we started with them. You talked about, Trey, we just did back in November, the beginning of November, a fall festival. Yeah. First outreach com- event they've done huge. in years. Awesome. They don't remember the last time they've done that. Uh, and and huge success. We had uh, quite a few families that visited their church, and they've had uh, some guests come to their church awesome. since then. And so so that was effective. It worked. Uh, to our knowledge, Gethsemane over the last 10 years has baptized one person, which is unacceptable. To think about one, you think about us at North, I don't know how many people we've baptized at Northwood this year, but we're probably getting close to 50 people we've baptized this year. Right. 50 people this year, maybe a few more. I don't know. We're, we're, we're almost there to that mark of 50 people this year. That's one year. Yeah. Gethsemane, 10 years, one person. Mm-hmm. It's unacceptable. So, so small church, big church. Yeah, it needs to be more than one. Yeah, that's exactly yeah. right. You can't live. You're going to die. Yes. 
if you're not reaching people with the gospel of Jesus Christ, your church is going to die because mm-hmm. your church is not at all, you know, living out the mission of God. And so, so um, there's some potential there now for some people to go through the baptismal waters. I know that we've been in conversation with several that are asking about baptism and salvation. So, so I think that's going to happen in the next Amen. few months that we're going to see some people baptized at Gethsemane. So all that stuff's exciting. Um, what, what we did is I spent all summer with the leadership at Gethsemane, just kind of helping them think through what does a healthy church look like? What does it look like to be revitalized? And just helping them to chart out a strategic plan to begin to grow again and live again. So we did that all summer long with them. Uh, we have people from our church, they're there they're every Sunday leading worship, which we're very thankful for. It's been kind of a rotation of, yeah. of, of our musicians that have gone over there, but that's been helpful for them because they mm-hmm. needed kind of a boost in that area. They had some people that were leading in worship, but you know, they were, you know, they've been doing it a long time and and just kind of needed some 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 fresh ideas yeah, and course. some freshness in the way they were approaching the musical part of the service. So we've been sending people over there to, to do that. Uh, we rotated for the summer a number of our guys here. So you think about all the guys we have involved in our preaching mm-hmm. life. They were going over there on Sundays and, and preaching. And But then we, um, in the fall, uh, our one of our student pastors, Jay Glasgow, he started to go over there and preach on a weekly basis just to provide some consistency. Mm. Now, he's been preaching over there on a regular basis uh, for several months now. Yeah. Uh, and and he's doing like we're doing here. He The last series we preached, uh, Conversations That Connect, he preached that same series. Mm-hmm. I'm doing the Gospel of Luke. He's doing the Gospel of Luke over those. Uh, as well so some continuity now he's not preaching my sermons obviously he's preaching his own sermons but still we're in the same book yeah and so there's some continuity there which is really cool um we have a, a younger couple in our church, Ed and Bethany. Uh, they've been over there for several months now trying to help them to start a children's ministry. They went out over there as missionaries, if you will, mm-hmm. to, to do that. And man, it's just, it's, they've been a blessing. Now, we're not seeing that children's ministry grow as fast as we want, but they have seen some children come. And they're, if nothing else, they're laying a foundation yeah, and helping this congregation to see what a children's ministry might look like. We've had one of our um, uh, older ladies, Miss Alice Caldwell. She's yeah. gone over there. She was She's over there incredible. for months trying to help them to, to do guest services. And so we've had people sacrificially um, uh, go over there and spend time with them. We've had several uh, several of our, our life connection groups have gone over there on Sunday mornings just mm-hmm. to kind of be there as a support. And so so for these last nine months, we've sent a lot of people over there just to be a part of their congregation and help them. And I think right now just the update is um, as we move forward in the 2023, um, we're hoping that, that very soon we're going to help them to, at the very least, uh, have a pastor, yeah, and in the process of helping that pastor um, to lead that church. So we've been working on that. That's mm-hmm. what I've been working on with them for the last month or so is helping them to be ready to bring that pastor yeah. on. And and I think we're very close to that. And so as a, a new pastor comes on staff at Gethsemane, hopefully in the next couple months, um, that pastor that comes on Gethsemane, he will uh, will support him. We'll support right. him a little bit financially because mm-hmm. Gethsemane is not a place where they can really pay a pastor what they need to, even on a bivocational level. Yeah. They're not really able to pay what they they, they, they need to. So we're going to help with some of that for, for a year. Um, and we're also going to help resource that pastor. That pastor who will be on staff at Gethsemane will, in a sense, also be on our staff mm-hmm. as well. That's right. Uh, that we'll coach yeah. him, we'll help him, we'll, we'll give him all the resources in Northwood to help this church grow again. And in 2023, we'll continue to do some of the things we've done. We'll continue to send people over there uh, to lead worship, to work with children. In fact, we've got a, a family in our church, uh, the Whites, Eric yeah. and Nicole and their, their kids. They, they've... Um, They've committed that, that that it's their turn to go over there. Yeah. And so they were there this past Sunday, and, and they're going to start going over there indefinitely until they feel like God has released them from that place, mm-hmm. and they'll come back to Northwood. But they're going over there as missionaries. 
that, that we believe in the vision uh, that, that God has for this particular local church, and we want to be a part of that. And so we're leaving the comforts of Northwood, and we're going into this challenging environment to try to help this church live again. And, and really, Trey, that's what we need at this point. That's exactly right. We need, and, 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 and here's the big deal. I think about Ed and Bethany, and I now think about the Whites getting ready to step over there. That's a huge, huge, huge commitment. It really is. Because you think about what we have at Northwood. It, it is great. It is. Right? It's, it's really wonderful. Is. We have a, a, a jam up children's ministry, mm-hmm. a wonderful student ministry. We have a wonderful small group. So, mm-hmm. you know, a good discipleship ministry. I mean, we've got all the parts working together pretty well right now. We always have room to grow. There's always improvements being made. We can always do better in different areas. Uh, but, but, but all the parts seem to be working really well right now. Mm-hmm. Right. And so to leave a church that's healthy and to go plug yourself into a church that's not yet healthy. That's a big deal. Mm. And to think about Ed and Bethany, you're thinking about the whites, to take their children yeah. on Sunday mornings out of this very healthy environment and go to a place where there's not any children. That's a, that's, you that's know, a big that's deal. That's a big deal. Yeah. Now, those families, I know the whites and, and the Troyos, they've been coming on Wednesday nights. Their kids are still involved here in Awana and things like that. Uh, but I'm very proud of them for taking that step of faith and am, for being part of that. I am and, pleased and, as yeah, I can yeah. be. And if you're listening and you're a part of the Northwood family, that's really what we need. So my challenge to our faith family is the whites are going. Ed and Bethany are there now. Now, Ed and Bethany are, I think, over the next month, going to start to transition back Northwood. They've been there for several months, and 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 we're gonna we want them to come back, and we want them to you know get plugged back in here, and maybe they decide to go back again. We'll send them back out. I mean, we'll see. But uh, the, the whites are going, and what what I would love to see um, are two or three more young families, middle aged mm-hmm. families, whatever, some families, some families to yeah. go over there as. Listen, missionaries, mm-hmm. missionaries, right? knowing this is a mission work, yep. sent out. You're going as a missionary to Gethsemane to help this church live again, right? And and we're going to help you. I mean, I've already been in conversations with the whites, and I'll be in conversation uh, with their leadership about how we can exactly plug that family in to help that church grow. Mm. And and this past Sunday, uh, the whites were there, uh, Ed and Bethany were there, and uh, the gentleman that led worship, Nick Forte, you know Nick, yeah, of course. his family was there. So they had several young families that were in attendance last Sunday. And Jay said, when he uh, when I kind of debriefed with him Sunday night, he said, man, just having those three young families there. Three. And three, then I'm, wow. He said that changed the dynamic of the worship service. Wow. I mean, it does. When you see some some families and kids and all that kind of stuff. So it's a big deal. So, so, so my prayer is that again, we'll have a few more families that step up and say, Hey, I'm going to go over there for the next six months or the next year and just plant myself and let God use me uh, for the sake of his kingdom here. I know that is a big step of faith and, 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 and I need you to pray about that step of faith. And as you pray about that step of faith, I need you to see it through the eyes of a missionary, Mm. a sent out one, uh, for the, um, the sake of the kingdom, uh, to help this church live again. So there are exciting things taking place at Gethsemane, and I'm very glad that we're a part of it, uh, but there's much work to be done. So if you're listening today, you're part of the Northwood family, or even if you're not a part of the Northwood family, pray. Pray for that church to live again. Amen, if you're part of the Northwood family, uh, talk to me about how you can be involved because there are, are there, there's lots of work to be done. The harvest is plentiful in that area, 80,000 people, uh, but the laborers in that area are few. So we need to send some laborers out to the, to the harvest. I just want to say I'm thrilled that we can do anything to help. Yeah. I, I was in a small church for so long, and in reality, no no one really came along beside us. Um, we had some churches that sponsored us, and we were very thankful for that. But, you know, we had to do it all on our own. And to have a church with the heart of Northwood to be to say, hey, we're going to come along beside you. We're going to support you. We're going to help you. We're going to encourage you. We're going to give you resources. We're going to give you people. That is huge. And uh, I just believe with all my heart that God is going to do some great things of Gethsemane.
And uh, as always, these things take time. It's yep, not going to happen overnight. It takes us time absolutely. and effort to continue. That's a good work. Well, Pastor, uh, thank you so much for informing us and kind of keeping us uh, abreast about what's going on there. And uh, why don't you close us now and get us ready for next week? Yeah, I hope this has been helpful for you and an encouragement just to hear what God is doing in our community. And if today was helpful for you, go ahead and hit that subscribe button so you can have new content delivered to your device every single week. Leave us a five-star review that helps us to get word out about our podcast. And as always, we hope today's episode has helped you connect faith to life.